Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to V with Mike G, the show of life, the show of driving on rocky roads, being in Oaxaca in July, and so much more. It is my pleasure today to bring you what I could call an on-location episode of Show to V. I was recently in Oaxaca, and Jason Paul Cox and Leslie Cobos of Cinco Sentidos took me around to a couple palenques, one of which being... Santa Maria Excatlan, where I sat down and met the maker of Cinco Sentidos Papelo Metal, Mr. Armando Alvarez. This recording is remote. <laughs> there is no electricity. There is a laptop and two mics, and we are in the quietness of nature. It is an amazing palenque with rawhide fermenters around, clay stills stacked upon each other. It was a beautiful afternoon, and Jason did some interpreting for me some translating and i assure you in the future my friends i'm taking spanish so that i will be able to do these interviews all in spanish because this is what the mescaleros deserve and this is a crazy thing man being out in the middle of nowhere interviewing a 29 year old mescalero and just enjoying the breeze so without further ado i hope you guys enjoy this great chat with maestro mescalero mr armando alvarez come from a very, very far away, and we've come here to see you, and I find out that a lot of people come here to see you. How does it feel to be in this place and have people want to see the lovely work that you do? Well, thank you. I appreciate the visit. Uh, we, ha- we do receive a lot of visits here, and one of the reasons is because of the way that we do our job, uh, the way the, the method that we have here that we've inherited from the, the forefathers before us. How many generations of mescaleros do you come from? Um, as far as I have any data about, I'm a sixth generation producer, but I continue to dig and find out if there's anything, a longer past that I don't yet know. Given that it's six generations, seven generations, did you feel like you could and were able to break free and do another profession? I've always been in, in an environment of making mezcal since I was a kid, but I didn't always know that it was to be without my profession. Uh, there was a point in the past where I was a musician, uh, so I played with our municipal band as well as another band with some friends, uh, but I decided to come back to making mezcal because uh, as much as I like to drink it, I also like to make it. I'm thinking guitar player? What instrument did you play? No? No, I played uh, no, I play, I play the drums. Mm. <laughs> Drummers make very good mescaleros, as I found out. <laughs> Thinking about music and rhythm, the way in which you make mezcal, does it feel like music? Highs and lows? Do you compose it like a maestro? Sí, es, es, es muy, este, 
Igual como la música tiene yeah, mezcal is, is, is similar to music in a sense that you have different, uh, different notes, different Tanto rhythms, como, uh, kind of, uh, different types de, de of songs and different types of agaves. Um, uh, and just like music, music is always something associated with festivities or parties here, and the same thing is true with mezcal. mezcal con la the, the city of Ixtatlan? Ixtatlan, thank you. What makes this such a special place to make mezcal? Uh, there's a lot, a lot of things that make Iscalan a special place. Uh, we have our own language here, uh, which is the Iscateco. Uh, we have people who are dedicated to palm weaving, the tejidores in the pueblo. And we have uh, the mezcal, like mezcal here. Um, one of the things that we continue to do, uh, we haven't changed our process at all since the way people used to make it. Uh, we still ferment in rawhide or cows, or bull skin, um, and those cows are always come from sacrifices that are made for town festivities or town parties. Is it important that with this process, with the way that you communicate about your hometown, that it's important to preserve many of the traditions of the village? Pues, no, es muy importante. Por, por ejemplo, es como la, nuestra identidad, y yo no cambiaría... Uh, it's important, our identity, uh, and I work very hard to conserve the traditions that we have in town and also try to keep Mezcal alive because it's a source of employment. Um, my town is migrating, they're leaving, and this is an opportunity for people to stay and keep traditions alive. La importancia para mí que sería es que conservar todo esto para mantener ese respeto ante entre, entre pobladores. Do you feel because you people recognize your work and they recognize how your mezcal has transformed and gone many places in the world? Do you feel some responsibility and maybe ability, knowing who you are, to preserve the community and bring more eyes onto preserving this tradition. Uh, to me, it's a pleasure. It's great that uh, my mezcal has made it to other parts of the world and that people uh, have gotten to know our project in our town. Um, it's also given us an opportunity, uh, well, perhaps I should say that I, I feel fortunate that in my life I'm working in a time where there's a boom of mezcal and there's an interest and there's consumption of it. Um, it's going to allow me to retribute or give back to both my town as well as the Mother Tierra, the Mother Mother Earth, that gives us our resources in this town. Um, and hopefully it can be a jumping point for some projects to give back to our, our town as well. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, I was talking to another mezclero yesterday, and his father also made mezcal, but he chose to do it in a different way. Did you feel... In finding your voice and the way that you approached flavor with your mezcal, that you had to follow in your dad's footsteps. Este, yo no no cambiaría por nada el, el proceso. I wouldn't change our process for anything. No, um, even though nowadays there are new um, norms, regulations, or parameters uh, that suggest that we might change certain things. Uh, I don't think it's appropriate to change a tradition that we've inherited that exists for at least 200 years. I have a friend in town, he's 104 years old, and his grandpa uh, told him that mezcal is something that's been around for a long time, uh, something that's, that's part of who we are, and then I wouldn't change it for any reason. 
Talking about the, the category of mezcal in a legal sense, the requirements, did you feel that you ever had to be certified that it was some kind of pressure or else the product wouldn't be as notable? Este, no, no cumplimos con los parámetros de calidad de, de estas normas, pero es, es algo que... Oh, the mezcal we make here with our process doesn't fall in line with the parameters that uh, would allow us to legally call it mezcal. mezcal um, a diario, eh, my friend who I mentioned who's 104 years old uh, his advice for a long life, a long healthy life, is drink mezcal in the morning, one at lunch and one at dinner. In this population, we drink the puntas or the heads, and supposedly that has a lot of a chemical that's bad for our health or safety or security. Um, we're not dead, we're not blind. In fact, we probably can see a bit further. <laughs> Given that there's more standardization, more legal parameters, how do you feel about the new Rysia NOM? Pues, primero desconozco ahorita. Bueno, sé que ya se dio la denominación de origen. No he estudiado si... I know that Rysia has just gotten a denomination of origin, but I haven't had the opportunity to study to see if it's well elaborated or well written. The mezcal denomination of origin... Has, uh, it has some of its drawbacks. Uh, it also includes uh, regions that don't have any history of making mezcal. Um, I hope that the denomination of origin for Rysia is uh, something that's well-founded and it's not uh, hasn't been created just for private or political interests. Speaking of financial interests, how do you feel about the popularity of mezcal as a ways to make money? Pues nos, nos sentimos bien porque, eh, bueno, nosotros tenemos ahorita un poquito de, como, de mezcal ahí. Por, we feel good. Por no este, uh, we feel good uh, about the opportunity no, to, to generate income. Uh, um, so no, we're not 100% uh, in the market in de, the sense that everything sí, we produce, we don't sell everything. Pues, and that could este, be como the result of the fact sí, that we don't fall in line with the parameters, es que but rather sell as an agave distillate. Pero nos sentimos bien. We're able to generate an income, we're able to uh, participate in our town festivities, we're able to, to um, give jobs for people in our town and it makes us feel good. Additionally, with the popularity of mezcal, how do, you, do you fear the saturation of the market, that there will be too many brands of mezcal? Pues no, miedo no, porque... Este, yo digo que es, es, es algo libre, ¿no? De eh, estar en el mercado uh, we're, todos. We're not scared. Este, uh, we, it's an open market and people should have the opportunity to compete and uh, participate in the market. But I think that what does scare us a little bit is that locally there are neighboring towns that sell mezcal um, and they say that it comes from Miscatlan and it's not from Miscatlan. Uh, it's people who are taking advantage of our name. In fact, even in other countries now, um, there is mezcal that claims to be from Miscatlan, 
And if you come in town and ask a producer with the first and last name that's on this bottle, you'll find that he doesn't exist. Uh, that's something that's, that's worrying to us. But it does speak to the fact that it's a very popular town. So you've, you're known and equal quality. Sí, en pueblos siempre desde antes del 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 boom del mezcal aún es más Before the boom of mezcal, we were already known very well within the region uh, and within the country. People would come here to look for their iscateco. They wouldn't, they wouldn't even necessarily call it mezcal, they call it iscateco. Pueblos vecinos para venían por su le dicen le llaman de toda la región iscateco. Venían por su iscateco y este y en toda la y siempre se conservó de esa manera. Pero ahorita este sí viene más, eh, empieza a ser más famoso por este por lo el boom de, del mezcal y están conociendo Now with the boom of mezcal, we definitely del, do receive mezcal, more visitors more frequently. Cuando quieres saber alguien the en people realidad, who come here are people who mezcal, really want to learn about mezcal, who are interested in the origins of mezcal, who want to know how mezcal used to be made uh, and see the conservation de, of our, uh, the processes we have. De, de, we don't receive a lot of people here who just want to have a mezcal brand and not actually care about the tradition behind the mezcal we make. I think one of the benefits, too, with the U.S. and Mexico, there, there's some modern friction, you know, politically. But something that mezcal has done is allowed America to peek into Mexico and the people. Do you feel like it brings the two countries closer to understand each other? Sí, pues eh, la, la mayoría de mis eh, consumidores este, so, son de, de Estados Unidos. Eh, y, y lo importante de esto es que son gente como que le interesa saber cómo eh, de comida, van a los lugares que en realidad... La mayoría de mis consumidores son de los Estados Unidos. Y la mayoría de los consumidores son de los Estados Unidos. Y la mayoría de los consumidores son de los Estados Unidos. Y la mayoría de los consumidores son de los Estados Unidos. Y la mayoría de los consumidores son de los Estados Unidos. Y la mayoría de los consumidores son de los Estados Unidos. Y la mayoría de los consumidores son de los Estados I'm starting to see that with the mezcaleros. Do you get that attention and that acclaim for being a maestro mezclero? Pues eh, sí, la verdad sí recibo mucha atención de de de, de muchas personas. Eh, me escriben a diario. Yeah, I, I get a lot of, I receive a lot of attention. People write me every day, um, but I feel like I still have a lot to learn. I haven't finished learning, and, and every day I learn something new uh, about this process that we've inherited. Uh, I, do, I do get a lot of um, interest. Interest. Well-deserved, you know, being a rock star is a fun thing. So I was brought, it was brought to my attention the Cinco Sentidos brand kind of recently when Jason came in to Austin, but how does that story go? How did you guys meet and decide to put out one of these Pablo Metals? Um, I could tell uh, from the beginning that they were interested in seeing and learning about the way that we do things, the way that I do things. Um, and they visit frequently eh, to see how como, uh, we're este, fermenting and uh, how we're roasting our oven, where we're, we're harvesting our agave from. Uh, 
Um, este, you know, we have opportunities este, creo que me gusta mostrar lo que yo hago, no, the, the process and Christian behind it. Um, but that's something that I, I appreciate uh, working with Cinco Sentidos is that they, they really care about uh, everything that we're doing. Given that you have a particular style of mezcal from a particular place, when you think about someone tasting your mezcal, what do you want them to taste? Yo siempre, yo siempre soy como, eh, nunca me gusta decir como, este es el mejor mezcal o este es el, el que se hace. Y al eh, me regañaron, ¿no? Para decir, ¿cómo vas a decir que no es el mejor si tú lo haces? A lot of people, es que vale, I, I, I like when people like my mezcal. I, of course, I can't say that I'm the best mezcal producer. Es que um, in fact, I've been scolded, you know, for, for saying that, you know, I might be the best in, in reality. Um, but, but I like it when people like my product. Um, I like when people perceive the sweetness of the agave. Uh, I like when people are able to experience the, the rawhide, the cow skin. Um, and even some people are able to detect uh, the clay pot stills that I use. Um, so I, I, I appreciate that everyone are able to, to taste that. Um, in fact, I really like it. A couple of things that are interesting. So the clay pot distillation is, you know, it's a really interesting way to get flavors and it tastes different. But two things I would like you to talk about just in terms of kind of the process is one, fermenting and hide, which is a really interesting thing. What maybe does, how does that maybe affect the flavor? And then the second is using ordinario in the final run, which I think is, this is a little technical, but we can keep it as simple as possible, but really gives a lot of the flavor. Yes. Uh, personally, uh, I'm not, I think the, the leather or the rawhide is a little complicated. Uh, for me, it's difficult to detect the, the change or the, the impact that it makes on the mezcal. But uh, you know, my dad certainly notices it, and friends certainly notice the, that flavor. Um, and for example, we've just installed, you know, another skin, and the first two times we used it, um, the mezcal kind of has a, a bit of an oiliness uh, or a bit of a fattiness to it, which um, I think is interesting. Sometimes on, on our second distillation, we will add a bit of uh, fermented cabazo or a mash, and uh, I feel like that gives the mezcal, um, you really taste the agave, you taste the maguey more. Um, I feel sometimes like uh, when it's just distilling pure ordinario without a bit of tapache, uh, it can gives you a mezcal that's a little bit more dry. More mezcal on the market. <clears throat> Excuse me. So there's so much more mezcal on the market, so many more people that are interested in it. These are all really positive things. But one of the downsides is the use of agave in irresponsible ways. So what do you think should be done about sustainability? And perhaps what do you have in practice for sustainability? Sí, la, la verdad sí es, es, es un problema porque aquí en Iscaxaña hay escasez de... Uh, it, it is a problem, okay. it's true. Um, right now we're living no, through a time of a shortage of agave in East Catalan. Um, but uh, a few years ago we began planting, um, germinating um, 
agave in my dad's greenhouse. Um, we've since, swi since switched to working with uh, a foundation um, that germinates between 250 and 300,000 plants a year. Um, we give them the seeds, they return a plant with us in a year's time, um, not just to the town, but also to uh, neighboring towns um, for water retention, for soil retention, um, and for the production of mezcal once it reaches maturity. Um, the nice thing is it's also a noble plant and it requires very little, little, very little water to thrive. Yeah, it's interesting. There's just so many things. We're out here <clears throat> in the Palenque and it's beautiful and it's chilly and it's windy and it's got all this amazing smell in the air but so i got two more questions for you before we take off but the first is i think about the process of drinking is something about community as you meant in celebrating so if you could sip your mezcal anywhere in the world doesn't matter where with anybody living or deceased who might you like to sit down and sip mezcal with well we we, we do drink uh, mezcal you know, with our dad, and something every yeah, every year at Tila los Muertos, um, we'll, we'll, me and my family will share a mezcal with, uh, with the cemetery and, and drink with my uncles and my grandfathers, grandparents who passed away. Um, and my mom says that uh, even though they may not have expected that I would be following their footsteps in this tradition, that they would be very happy to see that I'm still doing what uh, what they did. Um, in fact, so the, the palenque we're sitting on, sitting in right now, is something that uh, my great grandparents built. Um, we relocated it here in 1992, but this is the the, the idea, the that we've inherited from, from my great grandparents. Um, and to go back to the, the the idea of drinking in a community, then mezcal always has been something for celebrations, whether it be weddings, whether it be uh, town fiestas, fiestas uh, patronales, or mayoromías. Yeah, it's a, I mean, I, we don't do the same thing in the States. I kind of wish that we did, drinking with our dead, celebrating and all of that. But I heard you had an interest in, you know, agriculture, livestock, other bits like that. So last question for you, if you weren't making mezcal and you weren't a drummer, what might you be doing for a living? But, uh, you know, you know, I really like animals. Um, I've got uh, cows in the in the mountains. Uh, I've got horses at home, and I've got horses in the mountains too. Uh, I think if I weren't making mezcal, uh, I would probably you know have a rancho, um, and I would be dedicated to that full time. Um, in fact, even that's it's an alternative source of income for me as well. Um, sometimes uh, an opportunity to, to sell livestock, um, and that can help me continue to invest in making mezcal and producing and, and supporting the job that I have. This is a beautiful place. I feel really lucky here to, to, to be with the four of us here in total. And thanks so much for taking the time to chat, and I hope we'll talk soon. And this, this will get released. People will finally hear your voice and all these amazing things that you do. No, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. We really appreciate that there's interest in, in what we do here, and, and we always like to receive visitors um, so people come and know and learn and see that we really do work the way that we work, and we have the traditions that we still maintain. Uh, so, so thank you for helping promote and put this information out there so people can learn a little more about what we're doing. Thank you. So there we have it, a story about Santa Maria Ixcatlan and the mezcal from Amando Alvarez. Interesting conversation, a young gent, but getting a lot of recognition globally for his work. Very interesting process as well. I'm not sure 
if anyone's tried that Cinco Sentidos Papalometo, but it is very intriguing, very different. And the use of tapache on the second distillation is also very, very remarkable and contributes a lot to the flavor. It was really a pleasure being out at that Palenque. It was a beautiful afternoon. There's nothing around. You know, you can hear in some of these clips a bird chirping, but that's about it. There's a little creek across the way that's just slightly trickling. In fact, it's the water in which cools the clay stills. Amazing experience. And I've got some pictures I'll post as well. So thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V. No matter how excited you are to be going out on a Friday night when the weather's oh, just so perfect. Or if you're thinking, I really used to enjoy putting car models together, please keep dancing.